0: So um, I know we're kind of like saying, you know, he's at this great place and obviously ASICs helped him get there. He's collaborated with so many brands. What missteps has he made or what has he not done that we wish he would have done um, or wish he had done instead of something else?
1: I wish he would have collaborated with more uh, homegrown, organic boutiques as paolo likes to say um I, I think that he missed a large opportunity in new york alone to kind of mingle and collab with oh. concepts to collab with extra butter to collab with other stores outside of colette you know what i'm saying like you're, you're we went back all right cool but like realistically you had people that grew up respectively close to you that you could have worked with and made projects even bigger for those around you with you and i think that that could have been a testament to like his legacy like it's not just about kith it's about more it says kith and kin which is friends and family but like realistically like those would be friends and family too because you guys are doing the same thing in the same space and i think that that was the one thing that i kind of didn't understand earlier on um if you were you know around the area you you kind of you kind of felt almost like um I wouldn't even say like a friendly rivalry. It was more like I must destroy kind of attitude to like those smaller stores that were around Kith at the time or growing at the time. Sure, Ame, I think, is off the picture on that only because they're obviously friends prior to. And I'm pretty sure Ronnie helped him in a lot of different areas to get to where he is now, whether it's outsourcing resources, people, connections. Uh, at one point, there was a big fuss with Ame and Nike over there. I forget the name of the runner but he got a season assist desist from nike and was potentially getting sued and somehow that went away i'm just gonna take a wild guess and say he got some help from maybe ronnie um so like i i like i understand that but ame is really not like a footwear threat sure he's doing new balance but it's not where he has a sneaker room and it's all shoes that he's been collaborating on or collaborating with i just feel like he could have he could have done more along the lines of i think smaller boutique footwear brands collaborating instead of you know jumping to doing cereal like he did okay perfect he did cereal and he could have did extra butter does movies so movie cereal popcorn it could have been like an easy conjunction to make that happen seamlessly and be the benefit for the entire community as opposed to it being like i do cereal fuck what you guys do You, you know what i'm saying yeah
2: yeah it's kind of it's uh I think we talked about that years ago, Mike. How how it'd be really cool if like some of these boutiques work together, you know, versus having that kind of, you know, I'm gonna cut your throat, I'm gonna try to,
1: you know, put you out of business or whatever. Uh, I and, mean you can you can have that rivalry though. You can be like, hey, yeah, you can what you're doing. Oh, I see you're doing that. I'm gonna do it too, but we're gonna we're gonna figure it out and work it. And like mine might be better than yours, and then yeah. you come back and do instead of being like, Yeah, I don't want you we're, we're, we're both selling shoes. You're 10 blocks from me. Ah, if I'm doing that shoe, I don't want them doing that shoe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: that's that's unhealthy. Because
0: because you got to think about like the 20, like the, the 25th anniversary of the gel light three, right. That's what made it so great was that everybody was doing sort of the same thing on the same shoe. Yeah, And it was like, ah, this, this month is, this month is extra butter. This month is, 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 uh, is concept. So, you know, who's going to, who's going to do the, who's going to do the best, Best best gel like three this year, and if you remember, all the
2: shops got access to those shoes too. So you know, Extra Butter would be selling the Hannon shoe, and you know, yeah. Concept would sell it too. So that was a really cool thing that ASIC did. Um, you know, that was a really good point Mike brought up because you know, I think about it now, and I'm like kind of sitting back here, and I'm like, well, so one of the things I've done like the last year is I've kind of like gone to a lot of breweries, right, and like seen what that what that industry is doing. That industry, they embrace other breweries. It's a really weird thing, if you ever notice, and how like they collaborate with each other, breweries collaborate with each other. So that'd be kind of like concepts and kids like collaborating with each other. You know what I mean? But those guys all root for each other, and I don't understand why the sneaker and the streetwear world is still very cutthroat. Um, they could probably get somewhere else. Um, like Mike said, you know, it'd be really cool if you had like a extra butter and a kith do something really unique and you know it it could possibly be the biggest shoe ever if you think about
1: it you know i mean i'll put it to you like this like the the 25th anniversary uh you got a homage from from kith and i saw prior to the 25th anniversary it was a jelly five if you guys remember the deathless five from extra butter was it was a it was a hodgepodge actually bernie posted it not so long ago i think or maybe he didn't post it. He asked like, what do you guys want to see that I haven't shown? And it was a hodgepodge of the DL five on a gel light five. Mm-hmm. That was two years before homage, but you know, they weren't okay to do it. And I, I always like, I bring it up all the time. I'm like, damn, I would love to see that shoe. I would love to, if they put into production, like I don't care if they make 30, I need a pair like that type of stuff. And then to see homage pop up because ASIC at the time wasn't doing what does, you know Cause that's more or less a what the collaboration. It, it was just, it, it kind of befuddled me a little bit to be like, okay, well, I understand that Ronnie is the domineering person in ASICs right now. Of course, that's always gonna be, I think the situation until you, I mean, Mita, I think Mita is super fire too. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, as far as like, wacky collaborations go on Gel 3, but that's not what we're talking about. But like, Ronnie is the lead. So like, I always question and Bernie will never tell me, and I don't think anybody, at Kit will ever tell me. I was like, why won't or why wouldn't they let you do that DL five? But two years later they let Ronnie do a what the, and that makes me always question like why brands don't collaborate. Cause it's like a tier zero thing to answer your question. So like people fight to be the best brand to get to tier zero. So you could have the best product. And that's a Nike thing. Not every brand has a tier zero. They have their you know community, um, Forget the, the other name. You you know what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah. It's like oh neighborhood, neighborhood, neighborhood one, neighborhood two, over whatever. So like if if you're competing for tier zero, you don't want to work with somebody because maybe their idea is better than yours. And then what happens is they're like, oh, you know what? They they knocked it out of the box. We should give them more stuff. And now all of a sudden what you were fighting for to get got lost because you work with someone. But I mean, that should make you work harder. But brands are really creating this divide between stores and people. I mean, if you look at releases, you have to go to three different stores to get a tier zero shoe, right? Mm -hmm. You don't go to all the stores to get an off-white. You go to three stores to get an off-white. So like the brand is doing that to create hype, then stores are doing it to create hype. So it becomes this, this thing, people don't care about the product. They care about the hype of the product to make sure that they're the person with said hype. And that makes everybody fight, I think, but what do I know?
0: No, I think that makes sense. And like, that kind of brings me back to like something that I think about with Ronnie, which is he did, he did the Dior collab and that seemed to be his last sort of small runner sneaker brand collaboration. After that, it was like Adidas, Nike, Asics, New Balance. And then I'm not really going below that. And that kind of bothered me because I always thought that, you know, given the space that we're in now where Nike sort of dominates and if Nike's not in your store, then your boutique or your store is sort of going to go under essentially. Wouldn't it make sense to sort of make it so that within, especially the New York scene, there are a lot more competing brands? And I guess to your point, Mike, focusing on those tiers, tier zero releases and being the tier zero brands or boutique for your area is, is like the only thing that sort of matters, but it would have been nice. It would have been cool to see him do something with kangaroos. It would have been nice. would have been cool to see him do something with Carhu. Um, those brands, I think they would have latched on a little bit better in the States if they had had someone's someone like Ronnie's co-sign. Cause Carhu got that big bump from um, Kanye West, you know, for that, that three or six month period. And if Ronnie had jumped on that, man, Carhu might be a totally, totally different brand right now. You know what I mean? And so for me, that was always something that I always thought was, I don't want to say a misstep, but it, it was something that sort of disappointed me about Ronnie. Like he, he had this platform, he had this power and for a while, he could have used it any way he wanted to, especially when Adidas was in the height of boost. And, you know, they had their sort of, you know, they were, they were over Jordan brand for a little while. And that was, that was the point when the market was open. There were so many brands that, could have, that could, have, could have been anywhere right now, you know. And it seemed like Ronnie was just like, nope, I'm going to go to Adidas. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Nike. I'm going to go to Jordan brand. I'm going to, you know, he hasn't done a Jordan release, but ultimately focusing on, on, on those top, top tier brands made the market what it is sort of today, you know, where we don't have, we don't have the car we don't have the kangaroos. We don't have Deodora the way it used to be. Um, and that's sort of a shame to me because I like the diversity. I don't like that if I want ASICs or if I want this other brand, I can't get it because the boutique that used to sell it closed down because they could only push, they couldn't push Nike. Right. So, um, that, that, that seemed like a misstep to me. Or that well, was- I, I, well I, you know,
2: the Ador and roots, for example, I think those are just totally different. Like that's a manufacturing marketing issue. I don't think it's uh a boutique issue. Um, no, You know, no. if you think about about the Diodoras are price points on some of those, they're so high. People don't want, you know, people would rather spend 180 bucks on a pair of Jordans because let's face it. We know the name. That's a name you grew up with. Diodora, If you happen to go to Europe or ruse when you were a kid, like I did, I knew those names. Did I love those names? Not necessarily. Um, but, you know, I think that again, you know, I don't think Ronnie's, I don't think he goes to the manufacturer and says, I want to do this shoe. I think it's a combination of both sometimes. And again, I don't know the science behind that, but, um, you know, I think, you know, maybe they do sometimes that particular shoes and maybe sometimes the manufacturer says, okay, yeah, we'll give you that shoe, but you got to do this one too. Um, you what know, is a nice shoe too. But did, did any of us own Carhu as a kid? I didn't. Did I know who Karu was? I didn't. Um, you know so it's kind of like and they make a nice shoe um but
1: you know i own maybe two pairs but you know i don't they don't make a lot I of see- if, if you in retrospect like what we're saying now is that yes he could have put a bigger foothold on those brands sure but realistically if you look at their models they're they're all loosely based in the same thing so like you, you can't go to carhu and look at their models and be like okay uh this one is a that's an air max style that's a I'm just saying like Nike in reference, you can, you can look at Cortez, you could look at Air, you could look at Air Max, you could look at uh, SB, you could look at Dunk, you, could, you, can, you have a wide array of choices to choose from when you look at a Nike as opposed to a smaller brand. And when it comes to doing those collaborations like a Carhu or a Deodora, like I think the Deodora he had a better shot at just because it, 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 was, it was actually pretty popular. It was pretty prominent too at the time that everybody was doing collaborations on Deodora. But as far as like the car who goes, I don't think that they ever had enough steam, even with Yeezy wearing them and co-signing on it for it to be one of those things where you have a variation of models, which is what you're seeing it at, um, at Puma right now. Puma's the same problem. They're using that that RS whatever and the and the other model. They're doing just a million colors on two models. That's going to die very soon. People are going to get tired of that because yeah. there's no variation to the brand. The, it, it becomes the brand's responsibility to take whatever they're given from these cosigns or these collaborations to then innovate and continue to create. You're, you're not going to, just like Kith, you're not going to gain any more traction by doing the same thing all the time. I, that me personally. I don't think so. Yeah.
2: Come on, yeah. Machado.
1: Get it here. What's up, man? <laughs>
0: I know.
3: No, I'm good, man. I'm look, you guys are a lot more in tune with it than I am. I think, I think as far as um as far as like you said, Mike, that, they put out an adidas shoe they put out an a shoe that did flop and didn't really do so great so i think he was just maybe a little timid to the idea of oh well i'm gonna do an r1 coil that you know a select full of you know us and you know maybe a couple other hundred people like know what that is or um or yeah i'm gonna do this car who but if it doesn't get off the ground then at that point Ronnie's losing money and I'm sure Ronnie doesn't want to fail. He doesn't want to seem like he doesn't want it to seem like he's failed at anything. So that, and you know, like you said that Adidas shoe that came out four, nine eleven did not. I mean, those sat for a while, the Puma COA for as great as they were sat for a while. So I think it, it really could have been like, even as popular as Ronnie is, I, I don't know if his input may have brought, Carhu or ruse to the limelight the way that it did with Asics and that he did with you know david z all those years
2: ago well the record that Adi- i like that adidas awesome. shoe, actually
1: I didn't like it. for the record i knew you were going to say that
2: i don't know why people didn't like that shoe. i just like that model it's a good great model but you know it's one of those things it's like sometimes it's uh you know it's another shoe that you see that you know, I wore that when I was younger, too. So sometimes it's kind of that nostalgia feeling where you're tied to something because of previous history. You know, you know, Caru. I own a few pairs. You know, I bought the Concepts collaboration that came out. And that was a nice shoe. Um, the materials were nice. But like Mike said, Caru's was like, if you ever look at their catalog and look at what they have, they're all the freaking same, if you think about it.
0: Um, <laughs> every shoe looks the same
2: yeah they have fusions, but I'm like I can't tell the difference between models so you know and that could be why Ron, he said you know I'm not doing anything with Cargo we don't know
1: well the other thing too is like he'll go okay I'll do it but let's do a fusion but then the brand doesn't have enough money to make a new last to make a new mold to fuse two brand like they don't have enough to do that and then hey Ronnie his hundred thousand dollars you know what i'm like i'm yeah. just making a number like they don't have enough to go okay well let's make let's make these three shoes combine an upper and then pray that everybody loves it like they don't they don't want to do it they don't have the marketing yeah. dollars to push it so then it becomes one of those things where it's like well what are you gonna do you uh, uh, what i can do is i can offer you this i can put it in the store for your base models we can do your inline stuff and that's and maybe they'll get a write-up from kith but for the most part if you want him to do something on it like even if you brought that to me like you're like hey mike uh could you do this i'd be like well that's a shoe you guys have been putting out this entire time i'm gonna put suede on it you have suede what am i gonna do so like i need to reinvent your shoe to help you but if you don't want to give me the money to do it i'm not coming out of pocket for it yeah but it's and, probably and so, better when people were at the house because then I would have I would've stayed out of the conversation a little bit. <laughs> no, this is good. Like so I mean I feel
0: I, I, I feel conflicted because I'm always like, you know, Ronnie, you're you know, he's different today than he was five years ago. And where his brand is today is different than it was, you know, five years ago. But I always think about um how people how people use their platform and how people use their power to influence a brand or to influence, um, a design. And so, you know, for me, I'm, you know, I, I, I could give a shit about Converse Coke, you know, like I don't need to see it again. I really don't, you know, I'd rather you, and, and yes, I get it. Like Carhu is not a brand that most of us are looking for or checking for because we've kind of seen what they have and it's not changing. And if I want it, I can always go get it but it would be nice to see if Ronnie could do something. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know Pablo you said that like the price point of like someone like Ruse or, or Deodora is always like a turnoff. I don't know if that's necessarily the case because, you know, they just dropped this Packers, you know, this Packers, Raekwon, Theodora after what, three years, four years of like us, Waiting for it, and people went crazy. People went nuts, and I'm like, "Who? Who has been checking for Diodora for like five years? Nobody, right?" So- yeah, but you but you also gotta you also
2: gotta look at it from the other perspective, though. People went nuts for it, but how much of the percentage of those people are resellers, though? So you know, think about that for a second before, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, a Rue that sells for three hundred euros in Europe that you can buy here. I, I would be wonder how many of those actually get shipped to the U.S. for people to buy. I would probably say less than two percent, um, and that's just a guess. But like, you know, uh, do I like Ruse? Sure. Would I spend three hundred bucks on a Ruse? Probably not. I get New Balance for two hundred instead, and it's a brand I associate with. So that comes yeah. down to the marketing side of it, and I think, you know, I think Ronnie may even find a, an uphill battle using a Ruse to really substantiate kind of, uh, you know, a collaboration, you know, with it, you know, look at, he's done stuff with filling pieces before. Um, and I don't think that stuff ever sold out all the time. Um, you know, well-made stuff made in Portugal, of course. Um, but, you know, he, he helped that brand obviously in some case. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I didn't know who they were until, you started doing some stuff with them but did they sell out no and i think it's that's probably a product of the price point or people that that co-sign them i mean i don't know who wore them or i'd have to look back to see who actually wore those shoes but um you know again it kind of becomes the you know those Diodoras, i totally forgot about those we were even releasing you know um and i don't really give a shit it's kind of like whatever um but you know, it's a good point. Like people went crazy for them, but how many of them are actually how many of those people actually put them on their feet? I just don't
0: know. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to say. Uh, another interesting aspect to think about is 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 where we are in terms of reselling. So, 2015, 2014, we didn't have StockX, right? We didn't have StockX, we didn't have GOAT. So the the love that Ronnie felt was genuine, I think. You know, if someone was lining up, it was more genuine for a shoe than it is now. Oh, you're giving me that
1: look? You're giving me that look. As I'm a person who's say, running as a person who's running releases at kit, I can tell you firsthand it was not all love.
0: I didn't say it was
1: all love. I'm
0: saying it's it's it was more love than it is now. So, you know, like for me I think I think 20, 2014, 2013, it was different. It was a different world when Ronnie released the shoe versus what it is now when Ronnie releases the shoe. Because people aren't buying that shoe for the most part to keep. And I think there were a large part of people that were buying to resell then. But I think now that that's that's everything. Like everything, everything, every collaboration, everything that's, that, that's sold, that's special is going to be you know, is gonna be something that's resell big. And so um, for Ronnie, it's a little different thinking about, you know, what he was putting out then that was selling out versus what he's putting out now that's selling out. But Um, do you you think that, you know, I kind of,
2: I'm kind of of the feeling that the manufacturing numbers have increased on a lot of this stuff now. And I don't know how accurate that is, but Dave, think about this for a second. Yeah. So concepts, we were able to get those dunks with the special packaging, right? Mm -hmm. Could we normally get those years ago? Probably not. So I'm going to venture to say that, that that's the example I'm going to give is that they probably produce a ton of those with that special packaging. I don't know what the number is, but I would venture to say that a lot of these manufacturers and the boutiques, they're producing more now because they say, okay, Demand is outweighing the supply still, so we can even create even more until we get It's just it's economics, lock and economics. They haven't gotten to that equilibrium yet where the demand supply meet each other, so they're still doing this. So, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I think they've increased production on a lot of this stuff. I really do. Um, you don't hear numbers anymore. People talk about numbers, we used to talk about numbers way back, Mike. You remember when they concepts released the tea parties, or like oh, there's only 98 pairs in Boston and there's like 300 in, in New York. What the fuck? People are mad.
1: Um, but You don't hear yeah, numbers anymore. are mad at, at, the, at the split.
2: Yeah. People don't talk about numbers anymore because it doesn't matter because the, the demands increase quite a bit. You have to look at it from that perspective because, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I think people are producing more. Um, you know, I just gave you the example, the concept's done, the turducken. You and I were able to get pairs through invoicing Does that mean, and a lot of people were too, that
1: didn't go to concepts when they first started like I did. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? They got them through invoicing. I don't know if that's a, that's an inside job or what happened there, but yeah, I'm being honest. (laughs) Um, you know,
2: it's friends and family. They call it friends and family. All right. So, but there were people that got them friends and family.
1: You got access to shoes. You've been around concepts and built up a personal relationship and rapport. Uh, yep. I would assume Dave has as well. I'm I'm sure Machado has his stores that he deals with. I have my stores that I deal with. As older, more uh, learned people in the culture, community, sneakers, whatever have you, you go to a store. You like the employees. You spend your money. You spend your time. Yep. You guys are linked in the same things. You built that rapport to get your invoice. Doesn't necessarily mean that the numbers change. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, The only time that I've really seen numbers change because I've I've tried to adapt to people who use bots because that's really where the name of the game is right now. So I have a couple different people that I talk to and I find out numbers just to be like, hey, on their back end, how many pairs do they have? So when you hear a store has 700 pairs of a a shoe that's a tier zero account and you think to yourself, which is what I bring up in meetings with people like, hey, why is one store not getting zero because they're not a tier zero account? It kind of doesn't make sense. Like yeah. those numbers, they don't, they, they haven't really changed. The only place where I've really seen numbers change over time is Supreme and Supreme's back end with opening more stores. They opened more stores. They got bought out twice. And now you're looking at, instead of there being a hundred thousand units, there's 500,000 units, which okay. is why like Supreme has lost it. But Nike doesn't really change their numbers that much just for traditional reasons. Asics doesn't really change their numbers too much. They change their minimums from, I I believe it was 750 to 1300, as far as doing the collaboration stuff. So if you're going to do it, you got to buy into it. But I mean, for the most part, they don't change like we change as as customers and clients of stores. Like we've adapted to understanding that I would rather spend my money at one store and miss things at other stores then try and spread myself thin and buy it. Multiple stores have a false relationship and people go, yeah, fuck that guy, whatever, we're good. And then you miss everywhere. So you you have your store you deal with and keep it that way is what yeah. I would say. And it, and yeah. the numbers thing kind of stays, it, it, it really does. It it might change. Jordan's jumped, they, they fucked themselves with bots when Jordan's jumped because they were getting bought out by bots. You remember this. 2013, yeah. 14. They're yeah. so like, oh, Jordans are doing great. Let's make more. Then they made 300,000 pairs and they were sitting because yeah. bots were overbuying on the system. They're yeah. so like, oh, we're not going to do that anymore. So you'll see multiple releases of the same amount to make sure that it sells out. That's all they've done. They've changed 100,000 pairs into 25,000, 40,000, 25,000 store release. Yeah. They've, actually, they've actually learned to beat out the stores that usually sell stuff because they do early releases. Now, if you do an early release and I have a store and I have 48 pairs and you just did an early, any customers that were going to come to me to shop, I just lost. You're probably going to see a lot, like what what AIM did with
2: that new balance where you had to pre-order that new balance. You're going to see a lot of stores start doing that. It just... Look at Hat Club. Yeah, it's it's more cost-effective. Think about it. Oh, I know I got to make 100,000 shoes? Perfect. I don't have to worry about you know, have an excess 10,000 pairs left in inventory, so
0: that's going to happen. I want to go back to Ronnie really quickly and talk about his his sort of friends and family invoicing system. I, I'm not lucky enough or cool enough to ever be a part of it because I've never actually been able to hit on anything, um, so I've never actually purchased anything directly through Kith, but what do you guys think of that? I feel like It's one of the better, one of the better, you know, sort of loyalty programs out
1: there. Uh, I'll, I'll speak on this one. So like typically if you purchase, I'll go with their raffle system first. So when they started raffling through their online website and people were like, Oh, I didn't get to enter. I didn't get to do this. What they were doing was they were having two to three day pickups on their raffles alone. So like, if you entered and didn't win, you might've gotten an email the next day without a re-entry or the day after that without a re-entry. So like I kudos them for that. Instead of giving people multiple chances to win the same shoe, they just used the first raffle list. That was one. Then they integrated to the online raffle system where it was more of a loyalty program where if you, purchased a pair of shoes via Kith, via New Balance, Asics, whatever, you were then in turn giving a slot because it wasn't for people in New York. It was for people across the country is really what it was based for. Because those people were the people who were trying online because most of the time, if you wanted a shoe from Kith, you were going to get it, which is why I'm not on a loyalty program for certain shoes because I got everything that I've ever bought from in-store, And I actually asked them, I'm like, yo, how am I not on loyalty program? What the fuck? And they're like, yeah, you, 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 your account is based in the store. So like, we don't have any transaction history from you online for those types of shoes. Mm -hmm. So yes, to your point, it is, it's a great loyalty program. If you're able to acquire a shoe. Now, if you're not able to acquire a shoe, how the hell do I get on the loyalty program? That's I mean, I couldn't even answer that for you because I've asked. I'm like, I'm just confused how you expect new customers and new clients to get in there. So like certain shoes, you will see spike. Certain shoes, you will see a random drop. Certain shoes, you will see uh, a restock of inventory. Problem is, though they are second to Nike as far as bot protection, they're not impenetrable. So like even when they do do those shock drops, what happens is if you're not if you're not on it within the first two minutes, they will block you. Like I've gotten shoes on Kith with my hands without even knowing shit. Like, oh, it just popped up. I'll get it. Cool. And then I've gone on at the time for release and missed. So like it, it, it's a hit or miss situation. But I mean, even their bot protection is from, from my guy who gets everything bot-wise, their protection is alongside Nike. So when people are like, oh, they bought it up, people are on it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, Dave.
2: Uh, uh, I've actually hit before, but I think it's good. Really, I was on that like, that loyalty program. Any New Balance, I usually get access for. But again, they don't give you access to everything. So I think it's smart what they're doing. They're essentially they're using a marketing strategy, um, if you think about it, uh, and it's what everyone does anyway. So why not do it that way?
3: Now, Rico. Yeah, as far as Kiss goes, I mean, I don't. I mean, I've gotten some stuff on the loyalty program, but I, I, I don't really know how it works because so the i think it was the palette was like the first shoe that i've gotten on a loyalty program or that i've even been offered on a loyalty program and prior to that like maybe all of last year i've like i bought like maybe a shirt or like maybe two shirts from kiss like so i don't it's you know what I mean? Like I definitely, I know for certain that there are other people who caught more KISS but they're not getting access, and I, d- I don't really know why. Like I got access to the Kith Nine Nine Two to the Air Force, those Knicks Air Force Ones, and it's like, well, how, fam? Like, cause I bought a shirt like in the last year. Like I don't knowing that there are other people who got. You know the the Tokyo pack, or you know, and all those like I've missed on. Who've gotten colorists? Who've gotten other stuff? But here I am with all the access, and I don't really know why.
2: Well, for all we know, they could be running an algorithm on your purchasing tree. So you know, you bought those Knicks colorways Asics many years ago. Maybe that's in there, and they know that. So let's give them access to this, because for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know.
3: And especially like when, when 252s went out to friends and family or to like, cause he was sending those out to like ASICs, like collectors and stuff. And I mean, I definitely know people who have maybe two or three Ronnie collabs and I'm going to my closet, like, like with him on like Instagram live, like, Oh, it's really cool that you got the access to, to those Ronnie Faya. Cause I'm opening box after box, after box, after box of Ronnie Fire collabs. And you know, and so I I don't really know how it works. And I mean, it's cool if they're like, oh, he bought from us in 2013. And I guess we'll
0: start giving him access, you know, fucking seven years later. That's fine with me. I, I feel like it's a it's a good thing. It's, you know, uh, all the all the bugs in it aren't worked out perfectly. It's not it's not it's not the most in tune system, but it's better than most most of the releases. Sneakers it's better than the sneakers. And that's, I mean, it's not saying much, but that's saying something.
1: So, um, Definitely. you guys are forgetting how many people are online trying to get this shit and bots. So like, even when you look at their, their history, as far as, uh, people who get access, there is an algorithm, 100%, there is an algorithm. And what happens is a lot of people forget that when you press refresh, while you're trying to do a purchase or when you're trying to wait for a page to load because you're trying to beat a bot out, they're calculating how many times you've tried to refresh a page for a release. You look like a bot and then you start getting blocked. So like you might be a casual shopper like me. We're like, it'll be 10 o'clock, I'll hit it, I'll go. If I get it, I get it. I don't, I don't, I'll see you later. But then you have people who are like, oh. and then, then, oh, the screen lock, the screen jam. Oh, I'm not a bot. I got a capture, I got the like, People are forgetting I hate digital. If there's one thing I hate, it's digital. Call me to camp out for a reason. Because if you tell me a shoe's dropping somewhere, peace, I'm out. I'll be there. Like, I'd rather sit online and wait for two days than fucking sit on my computer, twitching, drinking (laughs) for me to possibly hit online or shock drop because it's never going to happen. I'm not a bot. And it just randomly happens. So, like, when it comes to the customer profile, it's important. If there's one thing I would say that stores need to do, they need to start maybe paying a little bit more attention to the client profiles. Like I know it's a little bit intricate. It's a little bit more detailed. You need a little bit more information, but I would rather give a store on a secure web server, more information about me, my taste, my life, my preferences, Than going, let me make a profile. Cause I could have 800 profiles. It's like, mm-hmm. like I know personally, I have several profiles in store at Kith because different people make different profiles for me. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And it's the same thing online. You could have multiple profiles that just don't sync. I have a camp out email and it gets loyalty program. I never check it for loyalty program, but sometimes i go look at like, Why the hell do I have loyalty program? And I never use it. So like, it's one of those things where stores just need to step up. If we're going to go digital and this is what we're going to do, maybe we do it right. Is all I'm saying.
0: All right. So any last thoughts on Ronnie? I'm going to close this out and- just anything, anything we want to see in the future that we're waiting on, that we're excited about? I'd be Brandon Kith.
1: You're right. I, mean, uh, you know, uh, I try, buddy. <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm always,
2: I'm always one to really kind of, you know, tear him down and make fun of Ronnie, but it's all love, really. Um, so I'll admit that he, you know, he's done a lot, obviously. He, he should be proud of what he's done, obviously. Um, you know, I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if my interest in kit is there actually uh, at the point of my life, you know, I haven't gone on their website in a long time, you know, obviously things change, um, you know, even, you know, concepts, I still look at their stuff here and there, but I don't, you know, they have a new mobile app that I downloaded last week. I looked at, it, I was like, I'm gonna look at that. And I didn't really look at it much. You know, you know, I think in terms of, I think some of these boutiques need to, and this is just for Ronnie, but I think they really got to step out and like do something different. Um, and Mike just gave a good example, like, you know, a collab with the Ivy brand or a collab with like even your brand, Mike the campa, like something like that would be really cool where a big brand steps in and says, Hey, I want to work with you, Dave, or you Mike, and like do something unique and different, you know, for you, Mike, it'd be cool because you're part of that area and that's where you're from. I think brands need to start looking at that a little more. I think the whole influencer marketing, it's going to be a forever, obviously, influencer marketing, but. I think that shit's that's just boring to me. Like just because <laughs> just because some dudes wearing some shoes, I'm not gonna go buy them. Ten years ago, maybe. But just because a guy's wearing some shoes, I don't care. If I like them, I'll buy them. If I don't, then I don't, you know. Um, you know, I have a jacket on right now, it's from Target. It was 30 bucks. Cause I have this dog with really sharp teeth right now. So if he destroys it, it's fine. Some of these brands, these boutiques, have they were small businesses. We have to remember that they were small businesses at one point. They're now large businesses. And I think some of them are forgetting their roots. And I think, um, you know, the recommendation I just made was it would be cool to see them work with, like, a local small business, especially during these times where things are really hard. I think right now is the best time for them to really step in and do something different. Um and I don't know, Ron. I didn't really follow Ron. He was doing the during the pandemic to help the local community or anything. But like, I don't know if he did anything. But to me, that's that's cool. Like, if you do something different and wild, that's gonna grab more attention. Like, oh, kids doing another collab, except this time we're gonna do Pepsi, you know, not Coca-Cola, for example. But you know, so I think that's kind of my two cents on it. I want to see these brands not forget where they come from, um, and I think I still think extra butter is still at that level though. They're still very, like kind of, they still think about the little guy. Um, for the record, their Deodor collabs are better than Ronnie's, I'll say that much. Um, but I think, yeah. you know, um, I think Kit and, you know, others, I'm not gonna just say them, but they need to look at some of these smaller businesses and see how they can, do what they can do to help them. Uh, and especially at this time right now, that's kind of my, my recommendation, I guess, or my hope.
3: I agree. I I haven't seen, you know, much like you guys said, I mean, I haven't seen what Ronnie's really been doing if he is helping out in New York during the pandemic or anything like that. I guess what I really want to see is him kind of pull the curtain back, like maybe just a little bit more and show us like more about where this stuff is coming from, where these ideas are coming from and, you know, what's inspiring it. Because, I mean, it kind of just seemed like, well, I wanted to do this thing with this palette of colors that I did. And, and that was like really that, whereas I guess more of the thought process would be really cool to see. I mean, I feel like Ronnie's a kind of guy who plays cards close to the vest, you know, something like that, something more getting out in the community. The pandemic is still going very, very strong. So, I mean, not as much on the East coast as it is here in Arizona, because over here we're fucking stupid. But like, just more in that, more remembering your roots, more community outreach, things like that.
1: Cl- closing thoughts is I, I, get, I get Brands. Um, I understand his direction. I understand why he's going in his direction. Uh, if there's one thing I would like to see a little bit more of, yeah, I would like to see smaller collaborations with, uh, with a more local impact, as opposed to such a, bro- a broader impact. He's got stores in New York, Miami, LA, Uh, Tokyo so like why not have that be part of your niche now where like those local brands become part of your brand and you help house something else but I mean if history's taught us anything with other stores that are local to him he wouldn't work then he's not going to work with smaller brands in his new ventures like I mean if I'm being a realist about the situation unless there's some kind of Nuanced to the situation but i mean i'm sure he's gonna have a kid soon so kith kids which we didn't mention either um is sure. probably going to be a more domineering section of kith i'm i'm almost positive he's going to have a kid soon so like His realistically you're going to see a transition oh she is i, I thought i saw a picture but like, yeah he I posted wasn't. he posted sam Band-y congratulations
0: picture. ronnie if oh you he did
1: if you're watching yeah so like realistically you're going to see uh, it's going to migrate in that direction, be more youthful. And as the kid grows, you're going to see more of that influence on his brand because it's your brand is always indicative of your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. If I, work-
0: <laughs> I, I want to see a little bit of a separation. Like, I feel like there. it's there, but I want to see it like really flushed out between the Kith and the Ronnie. And like Ronnie, I always feel like has more, more heartfelt, more down to earth sort of, things that he brings to the table and kith always feels like this big giant corporate hey i'm just trying to make the biggest thing the biggest impact that i can and i want to see a little bit more of a separation of that and get more more ronnie where he's doing things that he likes and doing things that like you know really feel special and that are heartfelt and that aren't just to be completely frank just focused on the money um I think Kith is gonna get you that. Obviously Kith is gonna make you money. I think you could do some special stuff on the side that's not that's not so much targeted at just, you know, creating the ultimate hype, getting everyone to just buy, buy, buy or resell or whatever it is, you know. It's been we're we're on the ten year anniversary of Kith, right? So I'm sure we're gonna see some special stuff and you know, I think I think I look forward to it. See what see what happens.
1: Thanks for tuning in
3: to the Run the World podcast. The podcast is produced by David Blackman and Joshua Nickel. Video and animation by Joshua Nickel. Logo by David Blackman. Intro music
1: by Adam Carbine